Hi there, my name is Adrian, and today I am joined with Ariel for our final installation of our Heroes of Electroval series. As always, like and subscribe if you like what goes on here, and we look forward to starting the campaign real soon. In the meantime, uh, I would like to pass the mic on to Ariel, who will be joining us, as along with uh, Ben, Misha, and Greg. Say hi, Ariel. Hello. And would you like to go ahead and take it away? Alright, so I will be playing a character named Sky, who originally was born into high society um, in the um, Citadel, and left that world due to disagreements and uh, a lack of the talent or desire needed to go down that career path. So now she is a bit of a freelancer private detective um, working sometimes with the Velvet Blue, sometimes for private clients in Electroball. So you bring up some very interesting stuff. The other players that we've had a chance to interview, one of them has tra you know, traveled from the wasteland, basically waking up in the city. Another one came to the city from their village in the swamp. We also had an individual who was born and raised in kind of poverty and brought up into the ranks of high society through his musical career. Your character is a little bit different, though. You have been living here for a while. You've been given a sort of shot in a sort of society that you, your character didn't really vibe with, didn't really, <laughs> to put it that way, uh, didn't exactly agree with all the morals that were going on. I guess, would you like to expand a little bit upon, you know, where exactly you came from with the uh, Citadel Senate and the Isle of Stormkeep? Yeah, so my character, Sky, was raised um, by parents who were in high society politics, so my father was um, involved in the government, and uh, my mother was a actually an assassin, and I was expected to go into um, that world and disagree with the way it was run, um, the elitism, and uh, never really had the uh, particular talents of a politician. So that- You, you speak- you speak- about a lot of these topics with a sort of air of, you know, disdain and disgust. Um, kind of speaking through your character a little bit in what she had to endure before coming to Electroval. How has that experience kind of defined her a little bit? You know, both in what imprint it left on her and how she's kind of uh, tried to redefine herself since. So I think really it's just that she's tried to distance herself from that world and those ideals of sort of, you know, controlling the populace from literally a city in the sky and is now trying to do some more, potentially some more good um, and lead a more free life, not uh, without those expectations and just do something as a, as a profession that she's more inclined to do more talented at um, and you know could potentially 
bring about some good by you know solving crimes and um, helping clients rather than just fulfilling the requirements of the bureaucracy. Going into that a little bit, you 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 described Sky as a private investigator, like a detective. That's kind of an interesting way to kind of put it. Do you want to expand a little bit or off of how, uh, you know, you know, in the ways that she is a, a, a private detective, but also how, you know, this is a fantasy setting. You can kind of be things and fulfill roles a little bit more important or a little bit different than how we would perceive them in real life. Well, yeah, so I think really what that, profession comes from is that Skye's mother is a um, an assassin, not obviously open about it, probably, but um, within the world of politics and high society, sometimes things get corrupt and um, people are hired to do jobs, let's just say. And so having the background of a parent who's in that sort of space and receiving some early training in, in those types of skills translates well to being a detective. Kind of the need to be subtle, to blend in, to get information out of people, um, and to really disappear when needed, um, as well as basic, like, weapons and self-defense training. Um, that it really makes a lot of sense, I think, as a career to go and, into that's less morally corrupt, but uses a mm -hmm. similar skill set. So are you just doing this as a career that, you know, pays the bills and kind of goes with your philosophy, or is there something maybe a little bit more there? I mean, I think that it's, it's really the antithesis of what I, uh, my character grew up with. So... You know, you go from uh, a world where everything is, for the most part, tightly controlled, very official, um, very rigid, to somewhere that has very, basically no government, very little control, a police force, but one that lacks the sort of government oversight that one might expect. And um, working within that, is I think what my character was you know missing that ability to have agency and freedom and to sort of bend the rules where necessary rather than having to keep everything up for appearances. Agency is a very kind of strong element of what makes Electroval Electroval. It is a city of, of chaos sometimes and the Velvet Blue sees themselves as a bit of a protector or a guiding force to rein in the sort of chaos and corruption, but in that same vein, they're kind of the source of a lot of the corruption that goes on in the city. Um, do you kind of maybe want to expand off of that? You had a role in creating the Velvet Blue and how they will be kind of portrayed in the adventure. Yeah, so um, my character certainly works with them at times on a sort of case-by-case as-needed basis um, and, and doesn't necessarily agree with everything they do. There are certainly good people 
working for the Velvet Flu, who are very above board, very not corrupt, but there are also those who give in to some of the temptations, some of the corruption, bribes, that sort of thing. Kind of that classic, like, noir sort of uh, police station, you know, the forest half, you know, a, a, a big chunk of the cops are dirty, and it's hard to tell the dirty cops from the clean cops, and... Yeah, exactly. So... Um, but you're not exactly... Hmm? Sorry, go on. Oh, no, I was just saying working as more of a freelancer um, allows for the ability to distance yourself from the corrupt parts while still playing a part in what's important about their work. You kind of get to pick your battles. Exactly. Al along with that, and this is kind of where it gets a little bit... a little bit scandalous, a little bit exciting... Your character, uh, you've, you've got a relationship with someone who works at the Velvet Blue. Do you want to describe them a little bit in your relationship with them? Yeah, so um, Dimitri is uh, a friend of mine who has access to the Velvet Blue's um, private, sort of high-clearance information, and who is occasionally willing to share that with, with Sky. So... Um, that's that can be very helpful in you know investigations and um helping with jobs either for the velvet blue or for private clients um but that's not uh, entirely above board that's not what he's supposed to be doing so there is an element of risk involved for dimitri what what sort of jobs what sort of information does he acquire from his bosses um a lot of different stuff, really. Um, a lot of information about the inner workings of the city, um, the information on the richer class, um, the how the Belfue itself is. Um, right, like the uh, the merchant princes and exactly. some of the other factions in Electroval that have sort of other interest and other facilities they control. Yeah. And, and, and is this strictly a political game, or what's the what's the reason? Why does Dimitri do this? Why does Sky partake in this, uh, could be deemed a legal activity? Yeah, so, um, he, I, I think, does it because he has sort of a, a moral compass type issue with certain things that go on and wants certain information to see the light of day. Uh, one way or another. So even though with his personal job he may not be able to act on on changing things that he thinks are wrong or, or corruption that he sees, leaking it to somebody like Sky can, in in his own way, can help that information be used for good um, rather than kept under wraps. So we talked a little bit about media inspirations like uh, Mr. Robot and sort of other sort of spy-like political thrillers. You, you, you very much see yourselves as the good guys. You're navigating the sort of corrupt world of, you know, bribery and scandal and foreign influence and warring political factions. And in the process of it all, you're kind of risking yourself a bit. Why? For the simple need of uh, sort of, would you? Is it more personal 
for Sky, or would you say that she's kind of moved beyond the personal element of it and she does it for the the the, the purpose for it being the right thing? Um, I think with Sky having moved from the the Citadel Senate down to the Lecture Ball pretty much upon reaching adulthood, um, you know, as soon as as soon as it was possible. Um, she even, you know, even though it was as early as possible, that really means that she doesn't have that many personal connections in Electrical, doesn't have family there, um, is a bit of an outsider, and just generally doesn't have much to lose. So the aspect of personal risk isn't potentially as, as big of a factor. Um, and I, I think the really it's a sort of a moral rebellion against how she was raised and how she's expected to go into this world of sort of high society politics, which is basically, you know, doing a lot of things that are not beneficial to anyone, but you're expected to go along with. And this is more of a like direct on a case-by-case -case basis, helping people with issues that they have, um, that, that she has the skill set to help with, and they might not. So I think that's just sort of a reaction to that. I guess that's very interesting, you know, the relationships you've had in your life haven't been the most, uh, you know, in line with your sort of ethics. Maybe with the exception of Dimitri, though his is much more of a professional relationship. How do you see yourself playing Sky with other people? You know, she's kind of been a bit of a lone wolf, working with the allies she can get. But this is going to kind of maybe be her first experience working with other people on a sort of adventuring quest. Uh, as I like to jokingly say in this little series, the cosmic fate of threads aligning that is the beginning of a D&D &D campaign. Uh, would you like to maybe talk a little bit how you see yourself playing Sky, both socially and mechanically? Uh, what race? What class is she? So um, Sky is a high elf, which which does make sense. It really aligns with the sort of demographics of where she was raised. Um, but it it's probably a, a less common race, so that's that's already something in intellectual that would make somebody an outsider to begin with, just visually even, from the start. Um, and Electroval is a diverse race, so. but certainly uh, High Elves may be associated with being a sort of foreign uh, sort of civilization, you know. The people who are of that lineage tend to be that of immigrants or of uh, foreigners. Yeah, so um, I would say she might not um, be the most eager to interact with other people out of just a general assumption that she won't be uh, accepted. You don't want to draw. You don't want to also draw attention to yourself sometimes too. Yeah, yeah, that uh, all of the above. Um, however, I think if the other characters are going to be reasonable and um, willing to 
work with Sky. I think she will definitely come around to working with them and having a at least at least a good professional relationship, if not friendship, with them potentially. We've got one person who describes himself as a uh, sort of general of the group. Um, another person who wants to be the face. Another person who uh, sees himself as the sort of emotional support and the sort of reinforcement, the backbone of the party. Where do you see yourself falling into this? Do you see yourself being put in a lot of social situations? Do you see yourself being most useful in combat? Um, I, I mean, I think that the roles you've described are not necessarily roles this guy would want anyway. Um, she probably wouldn't want to be the, the general, having avoided the life of being a politician. Um, wouldn't want to be the emotional support um, out of just a, you know, total you, you, lack you just, of... You just don't, you don't screw with that, right? That skill set, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, what was the other one you said? Well, I was also kind of saying uh, we've got another person who is the sort of face there, the one who wants to kind of lead sort of social yeah. conversations. So that's, that's another one where... Um, Let's just say this guy's charisma, um, his numbers are not wonderful. Um, part of the reason that politics was not the career for her. So none of those would really be fitting roles anyway. So I suppose this guy's role could be as sort of the, um, in, in a generalist in a way of just like doing what's, what's needed when it's needed. Um, so, you know, so being able to kind of act independently of the party when someone needs to be followed, when information needs to be found, when, you know, someone needs to be spoken to who the rest of the party may not want to interact with, very much filling that sort of roguish role. Yes, yeah, exactly. Doing what's and, needed when it's needed. And we're beginning this adventure at level two. Do you have an idea what sort of uh, subclass you'd want to go down as a rogue? Um, I, I, I don't believe I've, uh, chosen that yet. I, I guess we'll see. See a little bit, because, like, there were options we discussed, like, Assassin, um, Inquisitive as well, and Mastermind. Yeah, I'm, uh, uh. looking at my, uh, character sheet. I don't think I actually picked one. Yeah. But no, 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 I, I yeah, I yeah, uh, because I believe rogues don't, yeah, rogues don't pick it until third level. Yeah. Um, so you've got some time to kind of make up some options, but certainly, um, there's a lot of interesting, uh, sort of routes you could imagine Sky going down. Yeah, definitely. I guess moving on a little bit from that, maybe kind of taking a sort of, uh, of, a side exit to all this. You also helped come up with a very unique critter that can commonly be found in Electroval, whether it be in the sewers and alleyways or on the sort of market stalls and wet markets ah uh, yes the 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 zorps um they're... describe to us yeah what does a zorp look like what does yeah. a zorp taste like so so a zorp is a flying sightless eel um and they're they're very common flying all over the place and can be their, their skin can be used to make a, a rubber like substance that's useful for a variety of purposes and 
they can also be eaten. So they're they're a common sort of street food. Um, there's you know there's fried zorp zorp on a stick, zorp um, zorp gumbo zorp tongue. Yeah, lots of stuff like that. They have you know forked forked tongues like a snake Kentucky fried zorp. What'd you say? Kentucky fried zorp. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So very very common you know zorp tenders i think a lot of people you know say it, it tastes like chicken but you know really it's a little bit gamier than that mm -hmm. definitely um, and, and, I, and yeah definitely the rubbery texture in there as well and one of the things that i really enjoyed about kind of creating this world is how i was able to kind of include everyone and in how we all kind of maybe contributed like fun little utilitarian details we kind of came across like a question of where does all the rubber come from and an answer comes up well maybe there's these rat-like eel critters that we use the skin of to create silicon insulation or uh, you know having sort of sugar skull skeletons do a lot of the menial labor that we don't want to reserve for the general common masses so I really uh, enjoyed that. What are you looking forward to in Electroval? Well, we, we've delved a little bit into the sort of noir stuff that, you know, your character really plays into. But, you know, what other sort of themes are you excited to sort of explore? You know, what sort of elements of Sky and her backstory, you know, are you most interested in kind of answering? I mean, I, I think that I'm... I mean, personally interested to know what kind of, how the story will play out and um, more details about what what our mission is going to be and all that. Um, as for my character, I guess I'm, I'm interested to know how, how it's going to work, how my character is going to interact with, I guess, the world. Um, of electrical in general and maybe if there's any contact with the citadel senate how that is going to play out or or just you know in general relations with the other characters anyway i think that's about uh, all that we have today i look forward to uh, doing this adventure with you i'm really glad that you climbed aboard this adventure and i really look forward to having you as a player Thank you so much. Um, I'm really excited and looking forward to having you as a DM. Well, that concludes our Heroes of Electroval miniseries. All four players have been introduced, and when we, when you will join us next, we will have an entire party uh, beginning their origins into the Crocodile's Ball Gown. What adventures unfold from there? What sort of mysteries may be hinted at and uncovered? We'll only have to find out. As always, uh, be sure to like and subscribe to wherever you are listening to this now. Be sure to keep updates and to recommend to friends if you find that this is something you enjoy. Once again, uh, we I apologize for my sort of amateur nature to all of this, but I can guarantee that the adventure will be fun, all of us will be having fun, and we hope that you will have fun with us. All right, well... Uh, now that we've established that I don't know how to end these things, I'm going to say goodbye now. Goodbye.